Welcome to Grace in the Shadows. This is Dr. Marla Beeler and Dr. J. Dr. Jonathan Beeler. Hello, everybody. Hope you're doing well today. We'd like to give a quick shout out to Las Cruces, New Mexico. Yes, Las Cruces. Yes, thank you so much for listening and sharing a lot of beautiful pictures I'm seeing of your area. Another place. Get that you RV. Get that RV going. I would take a while to get there, though. National Lampoon's Vacation. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You can check us out at graceintheshadowsor.org. You can text or call 251-244-4645. Or you can email us at drjonathan at graceintheshadowsor.org. If you are looking to pick up a Christmas gift and want to support your favorite podcast grace in the shadows yes check out shadows of grace.etsy.com pick up a coffee mug a hat and we're not trying matter of fact we make nothing from this no we don't we're it goes to missions goes to missions yes it does you enjoy some good quality yeah notebooks coffee mugs coffee mugs shirt tapestries yeah baseball cap yeah, yeah. So yeah. check it out. All right. I hesitate. I'm sure you've got a joke. I've got a couple jokes. Oh, a couple. Okay. What you got? A man walks into a library and asks the librarian for books about paranoia. <laughs> okay. And the librarian whispers, they're right behind you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, when I laugh, I'm just encouraging you. All right. Want to hear a roof joke? A roof joke? The first Uh, one's on the house. (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay. One more. Just one more. Oh, no, not another. I'm really enjoying this. I may actually start a stand-up. Oh, uh, please don't. Professional. No, no, no. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What should you do if you're attacked by a group of clowns? (laughs) I don't know. Go straight for the juggler. Oh, wow. (laughs) Okay. Okay. No more. We okay. we we can't handle okay. more. I can, I can do that. I, I did. All right. I did. Okay. Well, I'm continuing my uh, facts about Christmas decorations. Did you know? Do you know who invented the first string of electric Christmas lights? A <laughs> He's Rudolph? thinking. No, that that was a really good guess, but it's actually Thomas Edison. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. He displayed a string of lights outside his workplace, the Menlo Park Laboratory in New Jersey in 1880. The first people to see them were train passengers riding by the building. It was Edison's partner, Edward H. Johnson, who took the idea and applied it to Christmas trees. He was the first person to hand wire 80 colored light bulbs and wrap them around his Christmas tree. Prior to this idea, people would try to light up their Christmas trees with candles, which I'm sure started quite a few fires. I'm sure that it did. Yeah. I think Martin Luther had candles on his tree. Yeah, he probably did. That just wasn't too smart. No, because you've got a candle and then a Christmas tree that's dying because you have it inside now. Right. So, yeah, uh, much, yeah. National Lampoon's uh, Christmas Vacation. Their tree dried out. You know what happened there? It killed the cat. Killed the cat. Oh, and if you've not seen that, I'm sorry. That was a spoiler. Oh, everything. <laughs> All right. How about the snow globe? The snow globe was invented by accident when a mechanic tried to improve the light bulb. 
How about that? Shaking snow globes are synonymous with Christmas time, but they came about by accident. In 1900, a surgical instrument mechanic in Vienna named Edwin Percy was trying to improve the brightness of the light bulb. He was inspired by shoemakers of the time who would mount a glass globe filled with water in front of a flame and attempt to doing the same thing with his light bulb. But... He discovered that it didn't work so hot. So his son told the BBC what happened next. One day he found a white powder semolina used for baby food and he poured it into the glass globe. It got soaked by the water, floated very slowly to the base of the globe. And this reminded him of snow falling. Next thing you know, the first snow globe company, original Vienna snow globes was created in 1905 and it's still in business today. Nifty. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. All right. So what is our topic today, Dr. J? We are going back to the soap opera uh, of David. David and Jonathan and Saul. David, Jonathan and Saul. Okay, cool. soap opera. Yes, go ahead and read uh, 1 Samuel 19, 1 through 3, Dr. Marla. Okay, Dr. J. (laughs) 1 Samuel 19, 1 through 3. Saul told his son Jonathan and all the attendants to kill David. But Jonathan had taken a great liking to David and warned him, My father Saul is looking for a chance to kill you. Be on your guard tomorrow morning. Go into hiding and stay there. I will go out and stand with my father in the field where you are. I'll speak to him about you and will tell you what I find out. Now, Jonathan, once again, is the son of Saul. Yes. Jonathan was the prince, the royal prince that was next in line to the throne. Right. And we know that Jonathan, God had created a wonderful bond of friendship between Jonathan and David. Yes. They even sealed a covenant together. Right. Uh, Jonathan took off his robe, which wasn't anything uh, perverted, Mm -hmm. but he took it off to signify his loyalty to David being the next king. So here you have Saul who is being tormented by this uh, evil spirit sent by the Lord, the sovereign Lord of the universe, Mm -hmm. um, because Saul decided to follow his own righteousness and his own wickedness. God said, okay, let him go. And by the way, here's an evil spirit that can torment you. (laughs) Um, So basically Saul is trying to get Jonathan to join his crew mm-hmm. to get uh, enemy number one, King David or, or David. He is right. king, but well, yeah, not, not yet. yet. Uh, so down here, Jonathan in verse uh, two to three, mm-hmm. uh, Saul's son was delighted, delighted greatly in David. Yes. He was fond of David and he knew God's blessing. Mm-hmm. God's hand was on David. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my father Saul seeks to kill you. Mm. Um, you know, one thing that I find interesting here is that um, Saul did not care. He knew yes. that uh, Jonathan had a great friendship. Yeah, they were best friends. Yeah. He knew that his daughter was married to him. That is true. And yet he didn't care. He was still out care. to kill David. Yes. Awful. Let's just tell you about Jonathan's character. Um, you know, Jonathan, Jonathan could have just looked the other way and said, you know, uh, I'm not for this. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do anything. 
I, I'm not going to do anything to get David, but I don't have to stand up and say anything. Right. But he didn't. He he did not. Um, he stood true to his friendship with David, and you know, and warned him, and basically hid him as well from the others because it wasn't just Jonathan that Saul had told to kill. It was the the rest of his posse, basically. So yeah. And let me also say this: we are to obey Caesar. When I say Caesar, I'm talking about the government, right? Uh, you know, we can be in the United States. We have a lot of privilege. We do. Uh, we 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 still have a lot of freedoms. Yes, uh, it's it's leaving us quickly. Yeah, departing quickly, but we still do. We do, and we're commanded as Christians, uh, followers of God, to submit to the government. You're right. Until 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 this tells you to do something right that is against your conscience, against the Word of God, goes against God. Yes. You know what Exodus twenty verse thirteen says? I don't. Okay, I'll tell you. <laughs> Thou shalt not murder. Very good. And what was Saul wanting to do? Murder. Kill David. Yeah. And so this reminds me of Acts chapter 5 where uh, I think it's uh, Peter and John Mm -hmm. are told to stop preaching uh, in the name of Jesus. Right. And they said, we ought to obey God rather than men. Of course, they got it beaten. Well, they did. They but did. they rejoiced that they were worthy right. to suffer for Jesus. We have, to, we have to follow God, and we have to do what God says, and that's what Jonathan was doing. Did you hear about that preacher in Arizona? He, I don't have his name right off the top of my head, mm-hmm. but he was preaching. A young man had a, has a daughter. 26 years old, 26 years yeah, old. young. Pastor, preaching, mm-hmm. street preaching. Right. Shot. That's awful. I think he's still in critical condition. That's horrible. Uh, horrific. They haven't caught the guy yet. We we, we mm. should pray, be praying yes. for them. Yes. For his healing. Absolutely. Yeah. So basically, Jonathan warns David, mm-hmm. you know, be on your guard. Uh, right. Stay in a secret place and hide. Yes. Um, read verses four through five. Okay. Jonathan spoke well of David to Saul, his father, and said to him, Let not the king do wrong to his servant David. He has not wronged you, and what he has done has benefited you greatly. He took his life in his hands when he killed the Philistine. The Lord won a great victory for all Israel, and you saw it and were glad. Why then would you do wrong to an innocent man like David by killing him for no reason? Yeah. Mm. You know, Jonathan did more secretly to help David with this information. Right. Um, he spoke well of him. Yeah. You can always tell a lot by, about people mm-hmm. if how they speak about them. Absolutely. And Absolutely. David spoke well of him. Mm-hmm. Well, and the thing is, Jonathan is reminding Saul, hey, you were the one that kind of lifted him up to the to Israel. And here you are wanting to kill him. I mean, remember what he did. Yes. Remember, you know, who was supposed to be out there fighting the nine foot nine giant line? <laughs> six you. fingers, six toes. Him. Saul. It was he supposed to be have. Saul. He's the tallest. He was king. Right. Yep. Uh, but little, little boy David. He did it. He and, killed him. And Saul was glad. Yes. Yes. Um, he was so, even going to let him marry his daughter. Yeah. yeah, this this is this guy 
This guy was a psychopathic narcissist. Absolutely. Absolutely. Why then will you sin against innocent blood? <sighs> uh, you know, he told, he told Saul. Mm. To kill David without cause. There was no cause. No, none at all. Just jealousy. Um, that green monster. Jonathan calls King Saul back to reality. Right. Now we see the Holy Spirit work here. Okay. It's temporary. 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 All right. Six through seven. Okay. Saul listened to Jonathan and took this oath. As surely as the Lord lives, David will not be put to death. So Jonathan called David and told him the whole conversation. He brought him to Saul and David was with Saul as before. I believe the Holy Spirit here was softening Saul's heart. Right. And I think probably David and Jonathan, mm-hmm. probably some others were praying here. I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. Um, Saul heeded the voice of Jonathan. So that yeah. took great humility. It did. Great humility. And it took great courage from Jonathan and David. It was easy to say, hey, man, I'm the head honcho. I'm the right. king. Mm-hmm. But I think that this this did show a little inkling of humility for Saul. Absolutely. Uh, and so Saul swore an oath mm-hmm. that as long as the Lord lives, yes. he shall not be killed. Right. And so Jonathan brought David back to his presence. Mm-hmm. And it was like good old days. Right. Like the good old well, days. Not for long. Not for long at all. Yeah. Go ahead and read 8 through 10. Once more, war war broke out, and David went out and fought the Philistines. He struck them with such force that they fled before him. But an evil spirit from the Lord came on Saul as he was sitting in his house with a spear in his hand. While David was playing the lyre, Saul tried to pin him to the wall with his spear, but David eluded him as Saul drove the spear into the wall. That night, David made good his escape. So this war was a war with the Philistines. Right. Uh, it was a war, physical war, but I also think this was truly a spiritual war. Agreed. Spiritual war that involved the leaders of Israel. Yes. I think Satan had kind of uh, brought, swam his way into the situation. Agreed. And creating this havoc mm-hmm. to kill David, knowing that David was the chosen one. Right. Uh, a, a man after God's own heart. Yes. So you have this physical battle with the demonic, the demonic practices, and the physical battle with the Philistines. Right. And you have this battle within the administration mm-hmm. of King Saul. Yes. We can see some of this even in our governments today. Yes. Uh, whether it's in the government of the White House, the governments of Israel, mm-hmm. governments of Europe, we can see this warfare taking place even today. Most definitely. Yes. Um. So we look down here, and David went out and fought the Philistines. Yeah. Saul, once again, probably put him on the front lines. I'm sure he did. I'm you, sure he did. And so, uh, but but he struck them with a mighty blow. David was a warrior. So don't think being a Christian is sissified. That is true. A lot of Christianity today is kind of like, a they, they make this sissified Jesus. Oh my goodness, yes, they do. And the pastors on most uh, movies look like wimps. Um, Christian husbands look like wimps. It's really sad the way they do that. Jesus was not sissified. No, he was not. He flipped, it says in the Gospels, yeah. he flipped some uh, temple tables. He did. Which were not little card tables that no. we play cards on. 
No, they were pretty, pretty. They were they like made about stone, 150 right? pounds. Stone. Yeah. yeah. Marble. Marble. Yes. And he flipped them. Yeah. Uh, Jesus was not some uh, sissified Jesus. Definitely not. Um, so now it says, a distressing spirit from the Lord came upon Saul. You know, one thing we need to realize is God's sovereign. He's even sovereign over evil. Yes, he is. And some people have problems with that. But here's the thing. Right. Uh, the alternative is more concerning. True. God, we can never say God causes evil. Mm-hmm. We can never say, because he doesn't. Right. But God allows it for a greater purpose. Agreed. And so Saul hates God anyhow, so God sends him a distressing spirit mm-hmm. that hardens his heart again, kind of like Pharaoh. Yeah, definitely like Pharaoh. And guess what he does again? Tries to kill him. Tried to pin him to the wall with his sword. Is, or I think this spear. is the third time. I think it is. Yeah. I'm starting to lose count. Me too. Saul so gets much. mad. Yep. David's playing his, his instrument. It's probably, it wasn't like a harp we picture, more like a guitar type okay. of instrument. And he throws a spear at David again. Again. And he already threw it at his son too. Yes, he did. So Saul sought to pin him again with in, to the wall with the spear. But guess yeah. what? David got away. Ain't happening today. That's right. So he slipped away and he drove the spear into the wall. Can you picture that? Well, I'm sure he threw it with great force for it to be driven into the wall. He had to throw. I mean, you know, he was king and he was also a warrior. And so he had had training. So I'm sure he threw it pretty hard. Can you picture? I mean, at first David would come and play. To help him calm down. And to soothe him. To be at peace. Yeah. But now he was so tormented, the music didn't even help. Yeah, that's sad. Um, so David fled and escaped that night. And guess what? He would never return to the palace until he would become king of Israel. Oh, okay. And that would probably about 15 years later. Right. Yeah. Go ahead and read 11 through 12. Okay. 11 through 12. Saul sent men to David's house to watch it and to kill him in the morning. But Michael, David's wife, warned him, if you don't run for your life tonight, tomorrow you'll be killed. So Michael let David down through a window and he fled and escaped. Is it Michael or Macau? I've, I've heard, heard it pronounced both. both. I've heard both. I usually say Michael. I think you usually say Macau. So, you know, whatever. To each his own. Tomato, tomato. Macau, Michael. Yeah. Anyhow, Saul's daughter that <laughs> that that he gave David as right. a result, and yeah. she loved David. We know from the prior chapter. Yeah, um, but her love for him wasn't based on his godliness. Right. Her love for him was not based on his heart for God. Her love for him was because he was hot stuff. It was. She, it was a lust. Yeah, it's more of a lust. Him. Yeah, more of a pride thing. Right. David was popular. He's going to yeah. be the next king. She wanted people looking at her, going, "Ooh, look at you." Ooh, yeah, this big stuff. Right. Yeah. So anyhow, Saul sends messengers to David's house to watch him and to kill him. Right. You know, this just tells you mm-hmm. how flippant he was. Right. Oh yeah. Because he made a he made a swear oath. Yeah. To God. Hmm. Um, so here, here, there's something's good about this. Okay. Macau was, <laughs> even now, even though she was, we're going to find out later that, uh, things change. Yeah. But here, you know, she took up her husband. Right. She did. She you, did. Genesis two twenty four says, you know, 
man shall leave father and mother and be joined with his wife and they be, shall become one flesh. Mm-hmm. So this is a good thing that she took up for her husband. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So she warned him. Right. And she let him down through the win- window and said, get mm-hmm. out of here. <laughs> yep. Um, read th- this is interesting. Okay. This is kind of like days of our lives or <laughs> as the world turns. Oh, uh, yeah. Young and the restless. Uh, 13 through 17. Okay. Now, were, you a, s- were you a young and a restless? Or- I, I I was. My mom and dad. My mom and dad. Your dad, too. <laughs> days of our lives. Yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, go ahead. 13 yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, I'm going to say Michael and you're going to say Macau. So there we go. Then Michael took an idol and laid it on the bed, covering it with a garment and putting some goat's hair on, at the head. When Saul sent the men to capture David, Michael said he is ill. Then Saul sent the men back to see David and told them, bring him up to me in his bed so that I may kill him. But when the men entered, there was the idol in the bed and at the head was some goat's hair. Saul said to Michael, why did you deceive me like this and send my enemy away so that he escaped? Michael told him, he said to me, let me get away. Why should I kill you? So, Macau, <laughs> we're just going to do this on purpose. We are. All our <laughs> listeners are going to be so confused. Yeah. Michael, Macau. Macau, this image, the word here is teraphim. Okay. Uh, it's a figurine. Uh, it's a household idol, fertility. Oh. For good luck, it's okay. from it's from the pagans, but Israel mm. had already got infiltrated with a yes, lot of paganism already. Had, even though God told them not to, and had. many of them had these these false little gods, right? The good luck charm sitting around, trying, yeah. intending to worship the true God uh, through these charms, mm-hmm. and of course, that's just another idol. Yes, you can worship worshiping the true God the wrong way is idolatry. Oh, yes, definitely. But anyhow, she had this this idol, mm-hmm. and she she uh, lays it down, put covers over it, and she puts goat's hair on his head. <laughs> she's pretty and, resourceful. Yeah. I mean, yeah. she's pretty creative, Macau. Yeah, yeah. Michael. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh. And so Saul says, bring him up to me in bed that I may kill him. Mm. This is profound. I okay. mean, many people may read this and say, big deal. Yeah. Well, it's easy to play Monday morning quarterback and read it. But, <laughs> true, you know, true. until now, it was all about getting other people to kill him. Right. He was so, he meaning Saul, mm-hmm. was so tormented, mm-hmm. he wanted to do it himself in bed. Right. He probably, you could picture him not being able to sleep until it was done. Yeah. Yeah. It's awful. My enemy. Mm-hmm. Isn't that sad? It is sad. It's awful. Um, one of the saddest words in the passage, I think. I think so too. David, even to the very, very end, mm-hmm. would have given his life for him. Yeah, he would have because he was his king and he, he honored him. And we'll see later that even people that bragged about Saul's death, David didn't want to hear that. You're right. Yeah. Let's go ahead and read verse 18 through 21. Okay. When David had fled and made his escape, he went to Samuel at Ramah and told him all that Saul had done to him. Then he and Samuel went to Naoth and stayed there. Word came to Saul, David is in Naoth at Ramah. So he sent men to capture him. But when they saw a group of prophets prophesying with Samuel standing there as their leader, the Spirit of God came on Saul's men, and they also prophesied. 
Saul was told about it, and he sent more men, and they prophesied too. Saul sent men a third time, and they also prophesied. Interesting. So they go off to this, like, seminary. Yeah. Put it in modern language. Right. And you have all these prophets learning to be a prophet. Yeah. And so they stayed there in Naoth. Mm-hmm. And as they're learning to do this, um, they made residence there. Right. Um, and they begin to prophesy. Mm-hmm. Now, this prophesy is not the same as prophesying new revelation, per se. Right. It was more like they were praising God and mm-hmm. speaking, uh, you know, God was speaking through them and right. uh, definitely wor- letting people know mm-hmm. that God was there. Absolutely. So Saul's men come and they begin to prophesy. <laughs> and Saul gets tired of this revival. Right. That's what Satan likes to do. Yeah. And Saul comes and Saul begins to prophesy also. <laughs> Now, this is interesting. I believe God allowed this to happen mm-hmm. to warn him. He warned right. him three times they pro- they, through these prophecies. Do you want me to read that part? Please, go okay. ahead. Finally, he himself left for Ramah and went to the great cistern at Siku, and he asked, Where are Samuel and David? Over in Naoth at Ramah, they said. So Saul went to Naoth at Ramah. But the Spirit of God came even on him, and he walked along prophesying until he came to Naoth. You want me to keep going? Yes. He stripped off his garments, and he too prophesied in Samuel's presence. He lay naked all that day and all that night. That is why people say, is Saul also among the prophets? Interesting. Now, this is interesting. Some people are like, did Saul get saved here? What happened? So they're having a revival. Right. And God, through these three instances Mm -hmm. of prophecy, I believe is telling Saul that I'm in this. I'm supporting David. You better back off. You're not going to win. Right. Finally, it comes down to Saul comes there himself. Mm-hmm. He, and he, he takes off his robe, his royal robe and everything. Right. And now, this could mean he was totally naked or context. It could have been just his underwear. Okay. Either way. Yeah. He removed his royal um, garments. Yeah. And this was saying that God was speaking through his spirit mm-hmm. to Saul himself, right. through Saul, right. that you're finished. Yes. You are naked. You are no longer my chosen king. Mm. That's humiliating. Absolutely. Um, and then it ends, is Saul among the prophets? Now, at first, once again, this sounds like, man, Saul must be like Jonathan Edwards or something. <laughs> But no, this was a mockery. Right. Because they knew he wasn't a a religious uh, Jew. They know he wasn't following the God of Israel. Right. And so this was a mockery to him that, yeah, is he among the prophets? You know, come on. Right. So it was, this was not a compliment. No. And you know what's so sad about all this? What? is really Saul could have been a great king. He really could have been used by God. He could have. And he could have been, been team. they could have been a team. Absolutely. Uh, and, the, and I believe the kingdom would have been even stronger. I think so too. But God chose this little boy, David, mm-hmm. and he can choose us. He can. Because we're all kind of like David. Absolutely. And, and sometimes we're like Saul. And sometimes we're like so unfortunately. Yeah. But we have to remember this, though. Mm-hmm. No matter what happens, yes. we walk with God knowing that he can take our mess, turn it to a message for his glory, for our good. 
Absolutely. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good night. Goodbye.